and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it was good while it lasted. We had a good run. It was fun for a little while, borderline amusing to some people. But this is it. It's the end of season one. Diego, thank you. Thank you for your gratitude. Thank you for the giving us this kind opportunity. Thank you to the fans, to the people, to the guests who made this show what it was. If this is the end of my career on Right Click Save the World, I feel like I gave it my all and I'm grateful to you for giving me this opportunity. Yeah, it's a, it's a good start for your annual reveal. Always good to start on the high, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like I couldn't have given more. I feel like I deserve, you know, at least another season, but let's find out. Let's go through. This is the season finale. We're going to do a review of everything that we achieved in the last nine months with Right Click Save the World. A lot of crazy things that happened in the world of Web3, NFTs, metaverse, and culture. In that time, we're going to go back through some of our favorite moments, through some of our favorite guests, favorite things on the show, best memes, and then maybe also do a little bit of a look forward. If there is going to be a season two, who do you want to have on it? Who's going to co-host it if it isn't me? Is Diego even going to stick around for another season of this show, or is he just going to go on to bigger and better things? You know, let's find out. Let's see. But before we get into that, guys, give us your GMs. Let us know where you are in the world. Give us your fire emojis. Give us your BDs, BJs, whatever you want to give us in the comment section. Let's get it going for the last episode of the season. Show us some love. And also, you guys are the special guests today, right? We don't have a guest. It's just me, Diego, and you. So whatever you want to share from the last nine months of Right Click Save the World, whatever's on your mind, anything that you want to contribute, get that in the comments and Diego and I are going to pick up on everything you say. Literally every comment we are going to go through and we've got GMs coming in from Portugal. We've got fire emojis coming in from Anons. We've got people in from India, Prague. Dude, the community is global. I'm excited. We are everywhere. Does that mean that we save the world? I don't know if we saved the world, but we definitely brought some of them with us. Okay. And that makes me feel better. When we, when we isn't the same, you know, pale white guys from Western Europe dialing in with the same comments of, you know, this is good content. I really like what you're creating. Please continue to do it. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was. I, I'm not, I won't do that again. But, you know, vanilla Western European white audience, oh. not here, not us, not this show. And we got coming in from Singapore as well, GM, GMs. India is Love in the that. house. The community is active today. So, Diego, shall we talk uh, fogo na batata? Fogo no parquinho. See, let's set fire to some potatoes. Let's go. BJs are for the fr Chris, Chris Muller in the comments. BJs are for our French community. Bonjour. Right? Let's be cultured. Let's be international about this. Yes, GM is. I don't know what Chris had in mind, by the way. I, I no mean, idea. you know, we, we accept anything. GMs, BDs, Bon Dia, BJs, B. B came up during the show as well. Buongiorno is just one word. It's not Bon and Giorno, it's just B. So <laughs> B's in the chat, F's in the chat, Diego, if you're F's feeling like chat. paying some respect to the fallen colleagues. <laughs> Mauricio's in the house. Shout I see out. you, Mauricio. See you, shout out. Respect, my brother in arms. My, my midnight partner, that sounds weird. Not going to call it that anymore. Um, my, my, my fellow colleague in the midnight company, uh, working title. So Diego, let's get started while the people start filtering in, while the comments start coming into the section. 
let's do a little bit of a realization of exactly how far we've come and not specifically you and I, but as we were preparing for the show, I was just thinking about what we were going to talk about. I wanted to start us off with like what has happened in the world of Web3, crypto, metaverse and NFTs just in the space that we had a season one of this show, right? Nine months or so. Mm. Everyone says it's, you know, Web3 moves in dog years. Or, you know, the, the pace of change in Web3 is faster than in, in most any other industry out there. So I started taking a list of kind of some of the main things or the most important things that happened in our, in our industry since November 2022, right? Nine months ago when this show first dropped. And let's do Web3 first, right? Just, just after. So we started the show in November. In December was when Sam Bankman-Fried was arrested for all the fraudulent nonsense around FTX. Right. Was he that was today? happening. Uh, he was taken <laughs> to custody. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, will, will he get out scot-free? Will this be the biggest rug of them all? Is that FTX can rug everybody and also not have their CEO charged that, or indicted on anything? Was that an insider job? Who knows? Let's not start talking about bald as well. Let's stay off the crypto Twitter threads for the moment. But, you know, <laughs> let's, let's see. Let's, let's see what becomes of that. They will have their day in court, I'm sure. So we, we started the show with FTX as the backdrop, deep mid bear, right? And now, and now how are we feeling? Are we still feeling bearish? Are we still feeling positive? I feel like the mood's lifted. You think so? Yeah. I mean- Even though what happened with Curve this week, still bullish? Yeah, I feel like that is- <laughs> I feel like DeFi is going to DeFi, right? and, and this this is this is an interesting way of kind of there's an interesting way of observing this, which is okay for those who who probably haven't been reading crypto Twitter as much as we have or haven't been covering it. There have been some um, exploits. There've been a, a number of attempted hacks that have then been front run, which is really funny. But generally speaking, there was also the the owner of sorry one of the founder of Curve has a whole bunch of money locked up in uh, a contract there in a loan where if the value of curve or the kind of uh, market cap of curve goes down to a certain point then they get completely liquidated and there's going to be knock-on effects into other other parts of web3 liquidity and lending and so on which is exactly how it's designed to work um diego's sharing it in the comments section for those who ha haven't read it or who want more than my crappy pricey essentially programmatic decentralized, unstoppable markets, 24 seven behave exactly as they are programmed. Right now, Fair. to some extent, yes, that's not going to start. That's not going to stop people making a run on the market any more so than GameStop could have been stopped or prevented 12, 18 months ago, whenever that was right. The markets behaved ethically. They weren't switched off the contracts run as they were running and, you know, DeFi is going to DeFi. So if you've got lots of people betting long, lots of people betting short, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Stable coins that are algorithmic should stay stable unless there's a flaw in the design. Market factors will always be there. But I, I want to believe that this is a proof that DeFi works. But at the same time, these markets are always going to be honeypots or attractive for hackers to come hack. And that's the same as Web2. That's the same as websites. That's the same as people losing credit card details and having identity fraud happen to them on the internet. The prevalence of that has gone down with two-factor authentication and other stuff over the years, but that's part of the stage of maturity that we're at. 
Um, so I don't think DeFi is broken. I think it's never shown itself to be more fixed, but market's going to market. That's how we know we are getting out of the bear then. I think so. Well, I hope so. Anyway, whether, whether this is, whether this is a new normal or whether we see capital flow back into decentralized finance or whether we see capital and investment into web three projects, I suspect we see slightly more cautious investing for the next period of time, but that's mm. the same at all markets. Yeah. Right? VC, VC funding or capital allocation to new projects and companies raising funds is challenged everywhere in the world. And part of that's going to be the global economy. That's not exclusively to web. That's not exclusively web three. I don't think we've seen significant failures of blockchains or significant failures of wallets or significant failures of the idea of decentralization in the nine months where we've been doing this show. I think we've seen a gradual tightening of focus, but by and large, I still believe that. And because I work in web three, because I work for a major project in the Cardano ecosystem now, that's happened since we started the show as well. Um, the move from Polkadot to Cardano, because I see founders and leaders of protocols and people on the other show that I host talking about where we are in terms of ecosystem growth, the amount of code that's being developed, amount of integrations to Web2 or established central, central finance or major brands in the rest of the world that isn't decentralized yet. I still have constant optimism for what's ahead, right? Markets go up and down, but by and large, this train isn't slowing. Yeah, that's my that's my take. And I'm stick and I'm sticking by it. I love it. I mean, I'm with you on that side. And, and I obviously come from a different angle, right? Back in November, December, January last year, NFTs as a massive class was still the hottest thing that was happening around, right? Every single brand was basically dropping mints and, you know, making money from minting and mm -hmm. also from secondary market. And the more things happen along the way, including the end of Q4 and beginning of Q1 of this year, the more brands realize that that model was finished, right? Or, or, or that model needed to be um, either recreated or evolved for, for a better word. So with that evolution, obviously comes a more quiet time on which a lot of those brands are trying to figure out what is next. A lot of those brands are building what's next. But instead of looking into the hype that we have experienced within these last two years, and instead of like being really focused on the culture element of it or the community element of it or the partnership with the DGEN projects out there in a way to leverage brand and to lever attention. Now they're looking into their already existing audience. They're looking into their already existing problems. their already existing opportunities. And at the end of the day, all of that is going to leverage web trade technology that is being built by developers protocols uh you know software houses and, and and you know projects in that sense to scale up to millions and millions of customers that the brands are going to bring in and as a byproduct of that entry level is going to be just going to get easier and cheaper and the one that is going to profit the most from that are the smaller companies that now can also be in web trade without having to take either much risk or spend a lot of money Right. And nice. once a lot of those smaller companies, small size startups, solopreneurs and others can leverage that technology on their business. I think that's where we're going to start getting like a big flywheel of use case out there that won't necessarily just come from the top fortune 500 companies in the world. 
I think so. And I, the the elevation or the evolution of utility of, of NFT projects or tokenization projects, I think is an important thing to pay attention to because we saw the Adidas Mint or Adidas Mints you know, more than a year ago now, 100, 100 million raised, you know, 80, 80 million raised, huge, huge funding opportunity, which demonstrated the ability for traditional businesses to crowdfund through tokens a, a digital business. And I think that's that's a proven model that hasn't gone away, right? That genie doesn't go back in the box, but the burden of proof for what that project delivers, what its roadmap is, who gets behind it early on, that burden of proof has gone higher. So we look at Porsche, right? Which was around December, December 2022, January 2023, yeah. where it came out, huge brand promise, really interesting organization behind it, interesting creative concepts, and they didn't manage to sell out. Right? They priced high deliberately. They understood they, they, they believed that they had a target that they wanted to raise. They priced high. And the community at that particular time in the market said, this doesn't fit with us. Um, and you could argue that that's potentially a failure of roadmap, right? It wasn't clear enough the value for that return on investment, right? People are going to say that's, that's too much, but I don't see the value at that price point. Uh, you could argue that's a failure of marketing, right? Maybe they focused on the 100,000 angry DGENs as opposed to looking at the broader fan-based group of Porsche, which would be in the millions, not the hundreds of thousands, right? And how do you reach those people and start communicating how um, that digital asset or that digital experience is something that's worth investing in and they, as a fan group, will get something back? And also potentially partnerships and other ways to commercialize. The bar's gone up. You don't just sell an NFT and people start flipping them because of speculation anymore, at least not in the become the branded fortune 500 world at least and i think that's a good thing 100 i don't know about you but i think that's good 100 percent. I, I had a conversation the other day exactly about that where uh i was in a podcast and 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 they asked me you know how you think that the digit culture uh is going to evolve and and for me the digit culture will always exist the web tree native digit projects will always exist uh you know board apes and and crypto punks and Azukis and cool cats and shield my bags below whatever NFT you <laughs> hold. <laughs> they all always will exist. They're counterculture. They are niche culture. They're they're the ones that are pushing uh, the boundaries within that space. But in my opinion, I don't think that the big play for major organizations anymore is to align themselves with those projects as a way to go to market. I think the big play for large organizations now is to understand how they can leverage this technology, not as a product anymore, but as a enabler of, uh, you know, better experiences. At the end of the day, better experiences is what is going to keep your business growing and growing. Because at the end of the day, if you were able to use the technology, not as the product, as we've been doing with NFTs, because you're buying an NFT, you're selling an NFT. So the technology is the product rather than the enabler. I think that that switch on, on what can we do now apart from the technology being the product, you know, by leveraging potential uh, better experiences, that's where things are going to get really exciting. We, we're looking a lot at, uh, you know, loyalty membership and, and use case on that direction. We are looking a lot into proof of fandom, proof of anything, right, which is becoming really exciting as well. We are looking into uh, a lot of brands moving towards uh, immersive commerce, where obviously digital twins will play a role not to even get into sort of like the industrial metaverse and a lot of things that's going to happen there, you know? So the, the connection of Web3, immersive experience, AI, and all sort of like upcoming technologies, 
at aimed at uh, enhancing the experience of the general user within the web is what I'm really excited about for sort of like this next wave, right? I think that much more than just looking at NFTs as uh, isolate uh, program or isolated uh, solution, we need to look into that overall ecosystem that now can come together. And for whoever is still wondering that if AI killed blockchain, I think it's time to wake up and understand that, you know, <laughs> is a stack of technology that is coming to shape the future of how we interact with each other digitally and how, uh, you know, we will be interacting with the web. And all of that coming together as a way to shape the future of that interaction is what I'm really excited about. And in my loose terms is one and is how I'm seeing Web3 as a whole as well. Mauricio's called it in the chat here, permissionless CRM, right? The NFT, the, the, the PFP, the picture that you get to put on your profile is not the product anymore, or it should not be seen as the product in isolation. Maybe that's part of you know, the artwork, the creative behind it is part of it, but the ability for that to evolve for other businesses, for other applications to recognize you as an Adidas, a Porsche, a Manchester United, a, a whatever community member that you are, and try and serve content for those groups in other applications, right? That you can plug in metadata, you can plug in content, visuals, imagery, um, brand IP into other experiences, whether that's gaming, Fortnite, whether that's metaverses, sandbox, wherever, wherever you go with that token as a kind of an accrual of experience, that content goes with you or you can monetize partnerships or brands and products can monetize partnerships in a way that gives other companies access to that community and vice versa. Right? At the end of the day, it still is about commercialization of a lot of these projects. And that's, yeah. not, and that's not at the mint. That's, that's long-term commercialization of community. And as much as possible, that's a two-way thing. Right? It's not just about constantly taking money from those people who are holders or selling derivatives of the first version of the thing that you sold, right? Bored Apes has moved away from that and now they're creating video games, right? Because they know that they need to provide different value or different experiences beyond just, oh, do you have the sixth generation ape derivative? Yeah. You know, people are, at some point, people are gonna stop shelling out for the you know derivatives of the first thing that they think was an OG project and say, why? You know, flexing isn't enough anymore. So we, we came from FTX, we gone past Porsche. Mm -hmm. Where are we heading next? Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm rocking the green. Oh, let's go. Just, just in case Skyzik is listening in. Is um, Luca in the chat? That's the question. No, because if his Twitter's anything to go by, he's, he's somewhere on a Sardinian island. That's true. You know, with, with Skylink Wi-Fi, checking in on his Pepe bags every day. But I mean, he's interesting not, observation. In okay, he's not in the chat, and it's okay. It's okay. He doesn't have to okay. be. He's relaxing. He's resting. But Fair. Pepe was an interesting movement because it was it was at least a meme coin that had some legitimate memes behind it. I mean, and, the the most legit meme doesn't get better than that. I think like I fell in love with the narrative at the beginning because I was like, holy shit, it's the first meme that actually everybody uses every day across the globe, and everybody identifies with it. It's not just a dumb dog that is, you know whatever Elon Musk's puppy's name is, is the next team coin, <laughs> right? That's super niche. So I was really excited about that at the beginning. I was like, okay, like there is something here that, you know, it's fun, which is always what meme coins are about. 
there is there is the culture element so everybody knows about it everybody uses it everybody can create a gazillion of new memes based on that because now there's an incentive to get the word out but at the end of the day end up being just another rug and, it's still uh, a ponzi <laughs> this is it because because you don't get paid for the more memes that go out right that's that's the that's the thing it's not about like oh you know if pepe memes goes up by you know 100,000 tweets this this week that doesn't mean more people buy pepe coin it's still probably a ponzi or if not a ponzi at least you know whoever originated the project if they if they're holding a bunch of tokens behind and the value call goes up and they sell out it is <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. Everything is a Ponzi. Everything is a Ponzi. I, I, I tried that um, that line of questioning with with Charles Hoskinson the other night. Um, I was lucky to spend some time with him um, as part of my work with Midnight, and and I went through my full disclosure, dramatic oversimplification that everything is a Ponzi, which is the the more objective version of this is that the large majority of systems require network effects, particularly in capitalist systems. So those people at the top of the pyramid typically receive more value than those at the bottom, which is not a million miles away from Ponzinomics. So I got slapped down hard by somebody who was an absolute gigabrain chad, uh, that my everything is a Ponzi is somewhat simplistic and not absolutely correct of how the real world is. But that was enough to tell me that I'm 80% correct. And that's why you're so, looking for jobs now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> This guy's head of marketing and he thinks everything's a Ponzi. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yes. So, so anyway, that has been well tested. Trump launched an NFT project or did he? What I do don't think? think, I think we, we're not going to, we're never going to know. Was it a deep fake? There was a, there was a know. video that came out with Trump or what looked like Trump announcing his NFT collection of him in various dramatic poses. And that the winner, the winners of that competition got to have a round of golf or dinner with Trump or whatever else. I don't know if anybody actually ever went to any of those dinners or whether that actually happened, but <laughs> gathered a lot of interest. I definitely think it was a great dinner, the best dinner that someone has ever drawn. I think so. I, 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 I go as far as to say it was people. huge, huge. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I literally made a post on that saying that it was like the, the last nail on the coffin, you know, like. December, FTX, all of that, and then all of a sudden, and boom, what else can go wrong? We're done. <laughs> We're done. I mean, if nothing else, this shows the resilience of, of Web3 more broadly, is the number of amusing, stupid, very clearly Ponzinomic or scammy projects that come out, and that yet still we keep rolling. We keep rolling. Um, it's, it's all of this kind of nonsense poking around on the edges. And yes, the internet has that too. And I suppose the dark web is a representation of all the degenerate stuff that doesn't make it to the internet still exists on the dark web and the internet's still here, right? Yeah. So I guess people find a time and a place to kind of compartmentalize the nonsense and still hopefully manage to just kind of see through what is the full potential of decentralized technology or the decentralized internet and that it is not for rug pulls and scams and money laundering, um, that there is actual value in giving power to people and custody to individuals and to re-engineer the economics of platforms such that it doesn't have to be the bottom of the pyramid paying and the top of the pyramid benefiting all of the time. Do you think we're going to get there? I think we're already there. Okay. Right? I genuinely believe that, that there is a proportion of the world's communications, applications, transactions, transfers, $40 billion in DeFi. 
Okay, whether 10% of that is ruggable, 20% of that is ruggable or not, that's still billions of dollars trusted to non-banks and software to, to, return in, to return investment or to manage funds or to manage financial processes. And that's huge. Right? That, that doesn't go away unless the software or the infrastructure is found to be fallible. And so far, we didn't get there. And I still don't think we will. There's a banger thread and, and um, keynote from uh, Camila Russo, which is someone I follow closely and, and really admire that. She's going through a lot of that. She, she gave a, a, a keynote on ECC talking about it um, and sort of like questioning where we headed and how we got here and how does the future look like. I'll definitely recommend for everyone to have a look at the thread at least. And if you got time to go through the keynote, because she, she's exemplifying and going uh, you know, quite deep into a lot of the things you just mentioned. I'm really excited about, you know, that, that sort of like freshness in the space that, that she's been bringing in. Mm -hmm. Nice. I will definitely check that out. Everybody who's in on the, in the live stream with us, please go check that out. What will, it will also be available on LinkedIn afterwards. So you can roll back through the comments and see Diego's links in there. I can see Chris in the comments, Chris Muller talking about POAPonomics. That's a new one for me. Um, some interesting discussion yeah, going Lucas, on around. Lucas is trying to, to, to say that POAP is not a Ponzi, but we don't need to get there. Well, I, I, I'm interested <laughs> in that one. I mean, is, I mean whether, whether POAPs broadly are seen as valuable today, whether, whether that has value to brands, companies, creators. And I think the ability to create timestamps or um, geocaching of people, of meeting people, of attending events. It's still the same kind of community centric activity. I think you just got to be very careful with POAPs around um, being able to identify individuals yeah. or how you manage privacy. Right? And promises as well, right? Like if you this have this, true. then you can do that. That's how a lot of people are getting scammed or buying POAPs with the expectations of, you know, flipping it. So as long as it's just for fun and the stuff we do here, which is there might be something behind it. There might not. Yeah. I think that then we don't need, we, we don't need to go too deep into whether it's a Ponzi or not. That's it. Wolf of Wall Street still coming for those who are waiting <laughs> patiently. patiently. We're, we're still on it, guys. We're sorry. It has taken longer than planned. The guys are working with a new agency. Um, all of the ties, all of the content, all of the mugs are still in the vault in Hollywood. It's ready, ready to ship, but there's a bigger plan, plan behind it. So um, we ourselves don't want to be the ones rugging anybody, but we're grateful for everybody who's been along with this show. We're going to do our best to give back whenever we get the opportunity to. Wolf is one of those, and we're always looking for more. So bear with us on that. Above anything else, we're getting to use the technology that's native to our industry while we're creating content. And I think that's good practice. That's that awesome. Tests that tests us, that tests the audience gives us a chance to get feedback. So um, there we go. What happens Chris, after Trump? What happens after Trump? Uh, what else we have? I mean, we are in August now, right? What happened? Jan to yeah, August. Met I mean, Met Metaverse, we had Apple VR came in, 3,500 bucks to enter Apple's version of the Metaverse. I, I enjoyed some of the commentary around that. It says, why, do, why, do, why do all of the images of people enjoying the Metaverse look like sad people in the dark sat on couches by themselves? <laughs> is is this the metaverse one of the, the ones i like the most was the meme with uh, the selfie stick you know on the head and then holding, holding the phone like that 
<laughs> That's it was basically me when I heard that uh, the Apple Visual Pro cost three and a half grand, and it was basically this. <laughs> for those for those people who can't can't see Diego illustrating this on on the audio version of this podcast, Diego has taken an iPhone and he is he's kind of holding it in front of his face as an alternative to having VR goggles strapped to it. Cheaper, cheaper, faster, lighter. I'm already connected. I'm already in the metaverse. Um, <laughs> After that, what well, happened? Uh, metaverse Fashion Week. Again, that the the I think it's not the first edition this year, but we had the second okay. edition where we're starting to see more fashion brands, high street brands, starting to engage in creating interesting, different, unique digital content for people to enjoy through digital channels. So whether that's from gaming, whether that's from collectibles, whether that's from spatial and other metaverse platforms, the market for digital fashion wear is growing. Whether it becomes as big as regular fashion wear, we had Kerry on the show. We had Kerry. Right? Kerry, Kerry Murphy put on put on his digital earrings while talking to us, which was just a beautiful moment for me. Firstly, seeing a man wearing beautiful earrings on a show, I was like, I want that. I want to wear those earrings. I want to be shiny too. I could never have the courage to walk out and go to the, to the cinema or go to a shopping mall wearing shiny spangly earrings. But the moment I saw <laughs> Kerry put those things on, on a live stream, I was like, no, this is, this is where I'm expressive. This is my, this is my content creation moment. I want those shiny earrings. And I love that that's starting to become more commonplace and there's more places for that creativity to manifest for more ways for people to express themselves and their individuality in a way that gives them joy, but that w without the pressure of um, the public eye on them at all times. I think that's a great thing for everybody. Shout out to Carrie. Shout out Carrie. Shout out Metaverse Fashion Week. Uh, the industrial metaverse mm. became, I guess, a little, I wouldn't say it's as front and center as it could be, but the awareness of the potential for decentralized technology, augmented technology, augmented reality, 3D, in helping improve enterprise applications. I'm not just talking about trying to reconfigure factory setups. I'm thinking about genuine co-creation between community and companies, um, B2B, metaverse platforms, education, a bunch of different areas where we can start making business processes easier rather than just shipping paper and sending emails, right? Yeah. 20% of business workflows only today are on cloud. And we've got 80% of the rest of the world that's having things on servers and kind of messing around with figuring out where their data are or not having things be available on demand or scalable. There's a whole bunch of industrial or B2B use cases for the capabilities that the metaverse provide that we're, we're not even close to observing yeah. yet. It's huge. I mean, I, I was talking to, to Dennis. That's why I, I tagged him on the, on the comments because he's being, uh, vocally memeable about the industrial metaverse and, and ask if I'm joining joining the train as well because he's got some spare seats. But I've been in that industry since 2017, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's really crazy because what brought me into blockchain was actually IOTA back on the day. So, you know, I don't want to go too much into that, but just the, the IoT perspective, machine-to-machine -machine communication, micropayments, the way that you can uh, sort of like, you know, uh, connect different machines and let them transact in order to exchange exchange service with each other while having the IoT layer on top of that. Like 
that's what got me into blockchain. They lied to me saying that that's exactly what blockchain <laughs> was about. And now we just have pictures of frogs flying around. <laughs> but, you know, 17, 2017, I was working with, uh, with a partner in Germany and we were looking into industry 4.0. We were looking into enabling the industry uh, through augmented reality, virtual reality. Uh, back there, we were talking about AI as well, but I still remember that everything sounded so far away for me that I was mm. like, oh, maybe it's not the best time for me to, deep, to dive super deep into this. But, you know, I, I went back to the material that we used to present to clients, to the, to the deals we closed back there, and it was huge already, right? It was huge. And, and still feels that is just getting started, even though we are in 2023. When I shared the other day the, the Siemens partnership with NVIDIA, which is already a year old, by the way, uh, I mean, that's huge as well, right? They, they just invested a billion uh, uh, euros in Erlang and in, in, the, in the south of Germany to sort of like, you know, boot, how, like just to, to scale that, that sort of like metaverse uh, push that they are doing, especially within, within the, the, the industry. Super exciting. There is, as you said, many, 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 many use cases. I think that still feels too early because obviously it's a very complex environment. Uh, but at the same time, there's a huge opportunity there for the ones that either are tired of seeing, you know, now companies selling, uh, you know, digital burgers or digital nuggets or digital pants or flying we'll get shoes, to nuggets. right? We'll so get to nuggets. Don't if you, you got tired that marketeers just lost their creativity or a lot of times sense of how to build brands, Maybe dive into the the industrial metaverse. You know, I'm I'm spending quite some time in there uh, alongside with the intersection between blockchain and AI, and uh, I couldn't be more excited because it's, it's bringing me my my initial days of excitement on what blockchain would create alongside with you know other technologies like AR and VR. I'm with you. It's a good place to test value because businesses don't tend to invest in enterprise applications that don't have a value case. And so it, it has to show that there's going to be an improvement or going to be a change or some transformation. The hard part is that the more technologies you combine, the harder it is to deploy and integrate because you've got more factors. The applications are, take longer to build because you've got more factors. So the industrial metaverse will probably move at a slower pace because industrial change and digital transformation moves at a slower pace. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. So don't sleep on the industrial metaverse. IOTA is still out there. David Sunstaber, one of the OG season one blockchain won't save the world guests. The most popular episode of the whole of season one was IOTA back in the day. So shout out them. Spice Five. Still IOTA, holding. Reborn, still holding. Still out there. Still holding. <laughs> Bro, that was literally the first crypto I ever bought. I had to buy Bitcoin first to buy IOTA. So my first coin was Bitcoin. You sold Bitcoin for IOTA. Okay, fine. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this after the show. Not just that. I had like, I think five to eight Bitcoins back in 17. And I swapped all of them because the ICO promises were so big <laughs> that I ended up having on. We're learning. We're learning today. We're learning. We're, We're learning. Every, every, everyone goes through a Web3 learning journey, even the pros. Uh, just going to jump into the comment section now. Um, oh, just a quick comment from Chris around Helium. Helium, if you want to know more about Helium, Abe Kumar, CEO of Helium Foundation was on Blockchain Won't Save the World a week ago, two weeks ago. That's going to come out on the, pod, on the podcast version in probably two, three weeks' time. But go check out Obey Kumar's episode on Blockchain Won't Save the World on my channel from about a week ago or two weeks ago. Then Corey also asks, 
Um, do you think Web3 should still be referred to as a cultural movement or is it just a set of technologies? I don't know. Was Web3 ever described as a cultural movement? If you're Crypto, dip, maybe. Nah, if you're dipping to, to Web3 or NFT Twitter, there's still a bunch of people there that believe that, you know, Bored Apes is, is Web3, right? Or I, I, I'm constantly seeing even like big names saying, oh, yeah, be careful of going full time in Web3 and working on Discord as a moderator. So I think if you are in that area, uh, a lot of people is still live in the echo chamber that Web3 is just NFTs and all the, the sort of like the JPEG cartoons that uh, have obviously uh, gained a lot of momentum. And there are some real business being built there, which is really exciting through IP and so on. But a lot of people believe that that's Web3. You know, I am working in Web3 as a founder of, I don't know, giraffe, uh, friendly giraffe or, uh, you know, colorful uh, turtles or whatever. So I think that if you're in, in that part, I think that there's a lot of still sort of like that culture element. I don't dismiss that within that layer of uh, the industry, you have people pushing and shaping culture. So when you look at what uh, Nike, uh, you know, Gucci, Adidas, 90CC, Louis Vuitton, uh, those brands that are more focused on the culture from a fashion standpoint or brands that are focused from, you know, like, uh, music or, or sports or art. I think that a lot of, uh, you know, not just necessarily brand, but also creators that are playing within that realm. Uh, that's where, you know, that's the Web3 culture push. Mm -hmm. right? But I don't think we can generalize and say that the entire industry is focused on shaping, focused on shaping culture, because at the end of the day, as I was saying before, this is the technology, not the product. Right. And you cannot say that a whole technology is the new culture. Right. It's like saying that the microphone is the new, uh, you know, culture for the music industry or that MP3 was the new revolutionary culture push for music. It's, it's, an, it's an enabler that can enable culture, can enable business, can enable many other things. I hear you. I, I, I want to cut this one into a few different ways, because I think what I like, I like what you said around culture and culture is important to everything. Right, culture and community are central to the success of decentralized anythings, to network effects, to platform-based businesses, whether that's Web3 or Web2, being able to create a virtuous circle of interest and development and, and funding and engagement is to some extent around culture. But what I don't like to see is when, when I see too much espousing of you know, Satoshi's original vision or this wasn't the original prophecy or any reference to scripture or references to scripture or, or philosophy when it comes to technology, because technology is ultimately an enabler in the hands of people to help us to do things that we've always wanted to do, to transact, to trade, to communicate, to earn money, to protect our families, to have fun, whatever those basic needs are. Right? Technology is an enabler or an accelerator to that. It enables automation. It allows things to be more streamlined, to be um, more trusted, to require less intermediaries, whatever else it could be. Right? Blockchain is not a movement per se any more than cloud is a movement. Mm. We could talk about movement to cloud or the movement to cloud, but I don't know how many cloud evangelists or cloud maximalists there are out there um, <laughs> and, you know, any more than there are COBOL maximalists. Well, I mean... <laughs> We've got Mauricio, but he's one of the few. You know, shout out Cobalt Maxis, wherever you are, your laser eyes will forever be focused in the basement of old banking buildings. Um, but we respect you. Salute for everything you do. F's in the chat. F's in the chat for the Cobalt devs. 
<laughs> one day there will be, it's, it's a Highlander thing, right? One day there will be only one COBOL dev left and, and he or she will be the only person keeping the entire banking system <laughs> running. I don't know if you've seen that meme, which is like the, the, the tower of bricks. And there's like the one application that someone in Nebraska has been faithfully keeping up, up since 2003. That's COBOL, right? So F's, F's in the chat for that F's last, the for the Highlander COBOL dev. We got 15 minutes left. I think we got somewhere close to August, but still there's a lot of, else, a lot of other things for us to talk about. Let's start uh, the, how you call it, like the right click save the world awards. The yes. first category is meme of the season. Meme of the season. Meme of the season, which was, which was your favorite meme from meme review. The one that just, that just hit in the right moment at the right time. We've had some good ones. I know what my favorite was. We for me, it's so memes. easy. So easy. Yeah. And, and for whoever obviously is, 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 is in, uh, in the chat, just drop your favorite meme as well. Uh, my one was when we were talking with, uh, with the guys from, from um, the movie. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. I was trying to put words together. <laughs> There's no W's in there. No W's in Portuguese. Sorry. No W's. Is that true? There isn't a W in Portuguese, right? It's not. Well, in Brazil, there's a bunch of people that put that on their kids' name and for kids. So you know, there's a lot of like Wellingtons and Vanderlayson and Vanderson and things like that. But yeah, there's some. Okay, fair enough. So the Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, absolute utility. That was the one. Our co-ops have utility. That was solid. That was my one. That was a big moment. That was a big celebratory moment for us. Um, one of the first collabs we've done that we're officially allowed to talk about. We've done some collabs that we're not officially allowed to talk about, but some of the ones that, that came out there. So that was very popular. I want to I shout out my favorite. Well, actually, there, there was some, right? There was the, you know, the, the bus crashing through Marketeers with Seb, um, that the metaverse is coming and you're not ready. Um, shout out, Julian, in the chat. Shout out, Tropy, in the chat. Um, there was the, the zombie memes. I'm an equal opportunity zombie. I eat everyone equally, male, female, <laughs> young, old. Um, but my, my favorite one of the series and probably a meme that I will continue to use for the rest of my life is the Skoda Rapide overtaking the Lambo meme. Uh, when, when we had Luca on and talking about when Lambo, that was it's superb. not when Lambo anymore. It's when Skoda. That was superb, dude. Superb meme. Superb. 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 It's a luxury meme. Superb. It's a luxury meme. Super. Next category. Yes. Um, best vibes. Best vibes. Uh, give us, give us your comments, chat. Which, which of the, which of the episodes that you guys have attended had the best vibes? Was the most based? Was the most free flowing? We've had some good ones. We've had some good ones. You start. I really, I really, I really enjoyed the discussion with Angelique because you could yeah. just tell she just loves the craft. She really gets it. She's really passionate, had brought brilliant energy. She'd meditated in the morning. She was ready to go. Um, that was a really great conversation. I love Betty, incredibly based, unbelievably humble, honest. We got the full story of her entrepreneur journey, her family mm. journey, moving to LA, um, you know, and, Auss and just Aussie vibes in general, always strong. Yeah, always good. Um, Agree. Really big fan of that show. Um, I still think about the show with Theo. Um, that was yours, right? 
that that I think that was my favorite show because mm. um, three gamers talking about Web three. When you've got somebody on the show who is a podcaster themselves and mm. who just know how to keep the energy going and just know how to bring good chat to the show, I don't think I've laughed as much on a show yeah. as when we had Theo Priestley on. So that was fun. shout out to you, Theo. F's, F's, well, you're not a fallen soldier. Just shout to you in general. <laughs> Wins, doubles in the chat. Doubles in the chat for Theo Priestley. Kathy Hackle, we had the, the godmother slash grandmother of the metaverse. How did that happen? <laughs> she outed herself as the grandmother of the metaverse. That was um, Yeah, Kathy was fire. Was we love Kathy. Yeah. Angelique was mine. Yeah. Yeah, she speaks my language. You know, like she, when she was just like crushing the marketing angle on that and just like bypassing all the bullshit and going straight in into the things that matter to the business and building use cases and having clarity and customer experience and, and enhancing the, the already existing customer journey through a new technology that now is enables to do things that you couldn't do before. That's, that's, that's what I think every day. So that was, nice. that was dope for me. Yeah. That was, that was a web three show plus marketing masterclass tacked on the end. Whenever 100%. you get that on a podcast where you actually start learning a bit about business or certain domains that the people work in as well at the same time, always, always, always nice. Yeah. That was all it. Next All right. hardest, hardest show to organize, or maybe rather than the hardest show to organize, because pe people don't realize in the background how much admin goes into like vet vetting guests, planning talking points, scheduling calendars. You know, people are always all over the place. Diego didn't have Wi-Fi throughout the entire second half of this season. Still doesn't have sound dampening on his wall. Um, <laughs> right. You know, just the co we alone are hard enough to work with, let alone the, the guests. Um, you're traveling yes. around try oh i yeah. can i can do that from the plane i was like dude no <laughs> <laughs> what did the no. host the show from the plane um, uh yeah what about maybe maybe what about the shows that didn't make it right there were there were some shows that that were on the schedule that were slated to make it that we announced and that just didn't happen yeah ian rogers yeah Major. it's a bummer it's a bummer it's a bummer shout out to ian shout out ian we didn't didn't get to make because ian ian is kind of has a, a really interesting kind of understanding of the crossovers of technology, culture, fashion. Um, he's worked extensively in the fashion industry and now find, finds himself working at Ledger. I think that in a way, it's quote unquote good that we couldn't make it because it would be a whole afternoon. There is no True. way to talk with Ian for an hour. I've talked to him before. I was like, hey, listen, we need to talk to you for 30 minutes. It's all good. End up being one and a half hour. That there is no way because as soon as you start picking that brain, it just goes like, everywhere mm -hmm. and, it, and, it, and in a most positive way it's it's it, a fucking legend a guy that has been in several different industries extremely creative extremely connected to technology extremely extremely connected uh with culture as well has a finger in the post for what's next uh so yeah shout out to you and maybe maybe season two maybe we just have to make a movie I, I, I we have to make a special special filmed feature in the in the borgo academy <laughs> and, uh, Maybe that's in the Borgo up. co-working, when, when the wi when the Wi-Fi's plumbed in, when we'll, we'll, yeah, when Wi-Fi. <laughs> well, we're, we're past that. We're past that. Now we need we need furniture. <laughs> okay, fine. So when 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 the Borgo co-working space is up and running in Arizona, then then we'll maybe try and make a movie with with Ian. Yes, and ain't, ain't nobody got time for a one and a half hour version of our show. People barely stick around for the full full length of the of the, of the live stream. They're just well, Joe Rogan is doing three hours, right? We just need to get some whiskeys and talk about DMT more often. Good shot.
good shout. I'm I'm there for whiskey. I don't know about GMT, but you know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and and Keir, we were gonna we we still haven't done an episode in the metaverse. We still haven't done an episode side by side in the same room yet. True. Even though we live 15 minutes apart, that is we true. still haven't actually done a co-located episode. So maybe again, may, if if you stick around for season two, maybe something we could look into, right? Let's see. Let's see if the people want Let's it. See. Let's, Let's see if they'll see. have me back. Let's see. Um, then, just uh, just one one shout out as well, especially yep. on when it comes to organization. That Pop Studio, uh, Sebastian, um, the whole the whole team, right? They've been supporting us on creating the pops, helping us to fix the bugs in the back end. Lucas always in the chat with us as well. Huge yes. huge shout. We are a pain in the ass, and we know it. And thanks for helping <laughs> us. Thanks for supporting us. Never work with creators. Way too much hard work. <laughs> like rug, rug, rug pull projects and scammy NFTs. Much easier to work with than us. Those guys work harder. They've got their shit together more, more than we do. Uh, but yeah, big love, Pop Studio. Big love to Poap for allowing us to showcase some Web three technology and not just put out a podcast every week. So ma maximum love to you guys. Hardest working guys in the business. Genuinely. Um, except for Sam, Sam's lawyers right now. <laughs> what about yoga lawyers uh maybe also maybe um, also. Oh, we Next. didn't do an episode in the metaverse no we were gonna we were gonna do an episode with keith finlow bates in the authorverse but obviously that was doomed from the start yeah you know because the authorverse because doom um <laughs> but if you guys if you guys want to see it if you guys want to see uh uh us do an episode in somebody's metaverse let us know who's put us in the chat or in the comments after this let us know whose metaverse we should go and do a show in. Um, just please, not the McDonald's McNuggets metaverse. <laughs> please. Please. Next category. Next category. Uh, dream guest for season two. Oh. Who, would, who, who would you like to see on this show in season two? And chat, get at us. This is your time now. Who should we have as guests for next season? Because the sky is the limit. And if they're on LinkedIn, tag them so they get a notification. They can come back here to be curious about what happened. And they're going to be glad to hear that you want them to be on the show. So tag yes. them if they're on LinkedIn. If they're not, just drop their name. At and and Elon Musk is not coming, guys. Talked to Elon last week. He, he wants to do that on X. It's not, not on LinkedIn. And we're, on and LinkedIn. we're, we're LinkedIn guys for now. Until, guys. until the algorithm really hits rock bottom. And, it's, and until... <laughs> Did it hit yet? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the post um, the other day had six impressions. I was like, if I shout six. out, of, if I shout out of the window, more people are gonna hear. <laughs> <laughs> six, six, six impressions. I don't care about those metrics, but it's just funny to see like six impressions. Nobody literally gets to see it. Guys, what what on earth is going on? Luxo, okay. Someone shout out Luxo, OG Metaverse. Web3 fashion house, big fan of Luxo. Great suggestion there from Laris Love. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Um, uh, doubled up. If, if you suggest it twice, that doesn't mean it's more likely to happen. But thank you, <laughs> Laris Love, for suggesting uh, Matt, it twice. Which Matt? Which Matt? Which Matt? Is that Sweezy again? Oh, God. Not or which Sweezy. Matt? Well, we don't know. Maybe Sweezy is going to become a host. You guys should just turn in. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get onto my performance review later. But um, I, I would I would definitely like to see more. I'd like to see more out there. I'd like to see more artists. I think mm. we've 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 stuck with technologists for mm -hmm. a lot, but I'd like to see that kind of crossover of how 
maybe artists who are just starting to dip their toes into technology at the same time. Oh, Bobby Hundreds uh, will be a hell of a show. I had the would love a show with Hundreds. I, I, love, I, I had a pleasure to interview him before alongside with Sweezy, by the way. Uh, that was fire. Very good suggestion. See if we can get Hundreds on the show. Oh, we'll Matt, Fury, Matt Fury. I mean, if you can hook us up. I don't know, Matt. If you do, hook us up. Let's go. Um, so yeah, I, I know any number of kind of creative artists, musical artists, even filmmakers are starting to dip their, their, their toe in the space. Maybe some of the guys from media houses like Time on Netflix start to, sort of thinking about how some of the, the content houses now are starting to stretch a little bit. Um, Dirty Robot. Shout out Ole, Dirty Robot in the chat. Is that is that a person? Is that a company? Maya from Time will be sick. Maya is great. Have the pleasure to chat with her before. That would be cool. Big brain. Um, when pull up, Diego? Oh yeah, three minutes left. Guys, guys are hanging on. There's three minutes. They've got to get to meetings <laughs> or or the gym. I or see you, gym. Liam. I see you. We Diet see you, brother. Exercise. Sort them both. And you're going to get into that 90cc shirt. We will be your accountability partners on that. Yes, sir. He's, he's crushing his new business. He's crushing it. I'm following him. Shout out, shout out to you, Liam. One of, one, of, one of the regulars out there. Is this it? Are we there? Is it yeah, it? Let's do this. Grab your phones, people. Grab this is the greatest, greatest pull-up ever minted. This is it. The special guest is you. The secret ingredient is you, guys. And, and in reality, the secret ingredient throughout the whole season has been you. It's, it's always been you. Thank always you. has been. Thank you, man. <laughs> no, not you. I mean them. <laughs> For fuck's sake. The, if, if, if it wasn't for the support of the community, of the guys who are out there, this would not be possible. We wouldn't be continuing to make this show. We wouldn't be as enthused to get back. We wouldn't have the in-jokes. We wouldn't have the comments. We wouldn't have the memes. So thank you guys for, for constantly being there, for constantly coming back, for constantly challenging us. Really, really appreciate it. Everything that, that we do is for the appreciation of people in the industry, for people to get an understanding for why we're so excited about Web3, NFT, Metaverse, all of that, to give some objective analysis, some comedic analysis, some light relief, um, but always with an intent to help you guys level up and to get better. So thank you for continuing to come back. Yeah, that's it, man. Believe it or not, we don't get paid to do this. We do this because we really want to share what we are learning. We just want to be able to contribute to the industry, help it growing, help it getting more mature, have some fun. At the end of the day, I think it's really exciting. So yeah, I'm stoked to see how season two is going to look like. For the ones asking for the link for the pot, for the ones that are on mobile, I will share it again. I shared already. Uh, here's the link. You can click and go directly to the minting site instead of having to scan the QR code. I'm having some troubles minting, you know? Oh, I know, right? Not going to make it. Not going to make it. Not going to make it. So I've got the pop app. It's coming up there, but it's, it's leaving me in an enter email. Not going to make it. Try, try the link I just sent you on WhatsApp, which is the link I sent on the chat. So that's right. the, I'm going to jump in there. I don't like of, of, all, of all the ones. I don't want to be the guy that misses like the season finale. I was definitely here. I promise I was here. Like, I already I missed know. one of my shows. If I, if I can't collect my own pop-ups. Is it on chain show, though? Is that, is that proof on chain? Mm, mm. Don't know. Mm. 
Did it work, the link? It did, but didn't link to my app. Where I oh, that's fine. Other that's fine. That'll come in later, I guess. Yeah, that's going to come in later. So if, you, if you're able to mint on the, on the browser, then it's going to show up there in the back afterwards. Technology, bro, is not that easy. I know. I get it. <laughs> so, right. Do you want to do this again? Or, or should we have the people vote? I think we can put a poll. Let's put a poll on, on, on your or mine LinkedIn this week and see who should host Right Click Save As for Right Click Save the Board for season two. Whether it's you, Sweezy, or Otter. And let's see what happens. <laughs> let's go Elon Musk style. Whatever has, happens, happens. <laughs> no. We're going legally binding polls now. Imagine that, and then people want to take a piss and just vote Sweezy, and then Sweezy has to come here. Sweezy has to go and do his own show. <laughs> that would be actually funny. That would be actually that would be funny. funny. Shout out Sweezy for being um, a very gracious butt of all of our jokes. And anything else before we, before we close the season? When are we back? So uh, definitely going to take some time in August for holidays. Going to spend some time with the family. Yeah. Going to spend some, some time rest. surfing. Get out, get some rest, recover. Um, going to launch midnight as well. Nice. So that's, that's coming soon. So I suspect we might need a couple of months, August and September until, um, we're in a place where, where my professional and personal goals have been achieved for the summer. So October, October fest. Yeah. We stream from Munich. special live from Munich. <laughs> with 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 beer steins, or we just do an Oktoberfest at the Borgo at the Borgo Academy. You're gonna be wearing a lederhosen. Always, never not wearing lederhosen. I'm wearing oh. them right now. Done. Under <laughs> under your clothing, just because it's comfortable. And on that bombshell, Diego, thank you to you. Thank you to your family for giving us the space to do this. Shout out the community. Shout out to everyone who's claimed a pop. Shout out for all the guests in season one. Looking forward to season two. Looking forward to your suggestions, ideas, and comments in this episode as to what we should be doing next. And much love. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Anthony. It's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. See you on the other side. See you on the other side.